You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Can I tell you that if you are trying to work your way into heaven, you will wear yourself out and it'll be for absolutely nothing whatsoever. There is not one thing that you can do for yourself to make it to heaven because of your good works. And Jesus is preaching to that kind of person. If you are laboring and growing weary, aren't you tired of trying to be good enough? The Jewish people of Jesus' day had gotten really good at knowing Scripture, obeying its laws and rules, and even adding many more to obey. Yet they were not, in general, a people who loved God and sought a relationship with Him. And because of this, Pastor Gary teaches today, they felt the weight of the burden of trying to be good enough. Jesus came to them to free them of the fruitless effort of working their way to heaven. He offered them the free gift of grace and forgiveness to all who'd simply believe in Him. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 11, as he begins his message, Unloading Your Burdens. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter number 11 in our opening text. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 28. Verse number 28, Matthew 11, the Bible says, and this is Jesus himself speaking, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said in the latter part of verse 29, Ye shall find rest unto your souls. And today I want to preach with God's help on unloading your burdens. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Jesus was following up. It appears to me by reading chapter 11 that he was possibly addressing a a mixed crowd like we are today. I can't pretend that everyone in here is either a believer or saved. We are what you would call a mixed crowd, perhaps. Uh, I would like to think that all of you have been born again, but the chances that someone might be in our midst that is not saved is likely in a crowd this size. And uh, in fact, Jesus said that there's going to be tares amongst the wheat, and don't you try to sort it out. You'll mess it all up. You'll pluck the wrong ones. He said, just let me sort it out on judgment. I'm paraphrasing. And so we can neither pretend nor know that we know the spiritual condition or the heart of anybody. I can't not assume that you are saved or lost. Even by what you tell me, I can only take your word for it. But truly, only you and God knows. And sometimes only God knows. Because people can be deceived. And Jesus was preaching, I believe, to a crowd similar to the crowd that I'm preaching to today in terms of it being a mixture of different people with different varying levels of faith and belief in him. He addressed 
take for example verse 12 and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force uh you know john was the uh, really the first one to break the ice uh, in scripture uh, since 400 years of what we call darkness uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I don't think that it was that God was not speaking. It's just that we don't have any recorded scripture between those time periods. And so John the Baptist come to break the darkness, so to speak, to introduce Jesus to the world and in so doing stirred up the religious, got himself in prison and got himself beheaded for preaching the truth. Amen. And uh, so Jesus was referencing the violence that takes place against those who enter into and serve in the kingdom of God. And so he's talking about not only those uh, to whom the violence uh, was inflicted, but he was also referring to those who inflicted the violence. And so you have religious but lost people. You have people serving God here. And and so Jesus is setting up the stage for what we just read in verse 28. Because if the truth be known, both John and Jesus came to preach the same message, which was repent, or you shall all likewise perish. What was going on during that time, especially in the history of Israel, was uh, was people got religion down pat, but they didn't get the relationship with God down pat. They could go through the motions, and they could do all their offerings, and they, they could tell you exactly what the Old Testament said and expected, and if that wasn't enough, they had a few hundred more laws to add to it to make sure that you stayed in the religious bondage. And Jesus came along preaching to a crowd that was overburdened with religiosity. Uh, these religious powers that be placed upon men burdens that God neither placed on them nor intended to be placed upon them. And so Jesus comes with a different message. He said, I'm not here to add more to you. I'm here to take some off of you. Amen. And that's what he's talking about when he says, come unto me all ye and I'm glad the word all is in there aren't you because uh, that includes me and that includes you amen I believe in a whosoever will gospel that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and he said uh, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden that word labor literally means to grow weary or tired or exhausted with toil it, it means burdens or grief it means to labor with wearisome effort and can I tell you that if you are trying to work your way into heaven you will wear yourself out and it'll be for absolutely nothing whatsoever there is not one thing that you can do for yourself to make it to heaven because of your good works and Jesus is preaching to that kind of person. If you are laboring and growing weary, aren't you tired of trying to be good enough, but yet knowing down deep in your heart that you are still utterly falling short of the glory of God? If you were to be honest with yourself today, you would have to admit that all of your righteousness mounts up to about, uh, like God said, uh, a set of filthy rags in his sight. There's nothing that we can do 
to impress God. There is nothing that we can do to earn brownie points with God. There is nothing we can do to make sure, and it's not if your good outweighs your bad. As if it's, it's simply this: uh, Do you have any sin on your account? If you have one sin on your account, then you're just as guilty as if you committed every one of those uh, sins that God mentioned in His holy word. Because He said, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all. And some of you are laboring and striving and trying to please God and hoping that you're going to make it in. And Jesus is saying, turn to me. Come to me. Let me lift that burden off of you. Let me take off of you the responsibility of trying to measure up to my holiness because there's no way you're going to do it uh, on your own. You need me to help you with that. Uh, In fact, you need to be wrapped in the robe of the righteousness of Jesus Christ and in him alone if you're going to let that burden go. Amen. Give God some glory. The word laden means to place a burden upon or to load, to load one with a burden of rights or religious obligations given by God's law and unwarranted precepts, that is religious obligations added by man's law. And we have a world filled with man-made rules and regulations that won't amount to a hill of beans on judgment day. What you need is an advocate before the judge of the universe one day when you stand before him. That is, you need a lawyer that can represent your case that's never lost a case. And his name is Jesus Christ. If you can get your sin under the blood of Jesus, you will have a representative before the heavenly father one day that will represent your case. And your case of sin will be dismissed. And you'll be led into heaven because of what Jesus did to take that burden off of you. Now, you can keep trying to carry your load if you want to, and some religious people no doubt will get offended and get mad that I have implied that their works amount to nothing in the sight of God. I know that offends you. Well, we ought to do right, right, preacher? Yeah, we ought to do right. But let me tell you the difference between doing right to get saved and doing right because you're saved. Amen? Uh, Today I serve God not because I'm trying to get my way into heaven. I serve God because I'm already going and I owe it to to him. Amen. Uh, amen. I'm not trying to repay even God. There's no way I can even repay him. Uh, all I know to tell you is it's a grace deal. Amen. Uh, and uh, listen, uh, how can you be forgiven for so much and want to give back so little to God? Amen. You see, when you, when you get to the place to where you want to do something for God, not because you're trying to get there, but because he's already redeemed your soul, things will pick up around your house. And things will pick up around the house of God. Why do you think it's so hard to poke and prod and pry and motivate people to do anything for the church anymore? i tell you why. Because a good majority of people in the churches today are lost and undone. They're not in religious works because they're serving God that saved their soul. They're in religious works because they're trying to achieve something to please God. And they're falling short and they've grown weary and they're tired and they're exhausted and they've toiled and they're burning down and they've come to the point to where they just can't do it anymore and if you're in that place you're in a good place to be with God today 
You need to get to that place to where you realize you just cannot do it anymore. You're going to have to lean on somebody who's already done it. You're going to have to lean on somebody who's already done the works. Uh, Amen. It's not about the works of man. It's about the works of God. And the Bible says this is the work of God that you believe on him and whom he has sent. Uh, If you want to do works to get to heaven, here's your obligation. Believe on Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen, church? Glory to God. I'm talking about unloading your burdens. Acts 21 verse 3 gives us some insight. uh, And it says, now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the uh, left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre. We're in Acts 21 verse 3. Look at the last phrase. For there the ship was to unlaid her burden. Amen. Some of you. Your boat's about to sink. Some of you, you've tried and tried and you tried and tried, and no matter what you do, you just can't seem to get it hooked. Amen. And you're trying for all the wrong reasons. You may want to get to heaven, and it might be your intention to get to heaven, but you won't get there trying. Amen. You won't get there holding on and holding out. Your hands ain't strong enough to hold on that long. You won't make the journey, my friend. And some of you need to unlaid your burdens. You need to pull into the harbor of grace and unload some things or you're not going to make it. One of the reasons we need to unload our burdens is for survival's sake. The word unlaid means uh, in a sailor's context, the lightening of a ship during a storm to avoid shipwreck. And I'm telling you right now, if you keep doing it your way, you will experience a spiritual shipwreck for which you will never recover. And eternity is too long It reminded me in the book of Numbers, chapter 16, where Moses had a group of religious people come up against him, the man of God. And they told Moses in verse 3 of that chapter, you take too much upon you. They said, uh, wherefore have you lift up yourself above the congregation of the Lord. They said to Moses, uh, you take too much upon you seeing uh, all the congregation are holy. He's saying we're just as equal as you. Bless God. Yeah. Cocked an attitude with the preacher. Well, who, who is he to think he's any better than we are? They did not understand what they just set themselves up for. Because the Bible says, by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And while these pastors, you ain't no better than us. In fact, we're as good as you are. We're as holy as you. What they did religiously is they assumed a position of holiness upon themselves that God never subscribed to them. They assumed that because they went through the motions of religion, they offered their offerings and they did all those things that the law required of them. They assumed a position of right standing before God, not knowing that their hearts were as corrupt as anything. What Moses had to say in verse 7, Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. What Moses was essentially saying is you're assuming 
a position of holiness. You are, you are taking too much upon yourself to assume that you are righteous in the eyes of God. To assume that you are holy in the eyes of God. And I know that we have a way, humanly speaking, sometimes to block out the things that we don't want to be reminded about how corrupt we are. And we like to focus on the positives. And you go and ask anybody just about it today in America, oh yeah, I'm saved. Oh yeah, I'm a member of so-and-so church. Well, I got baptized when I was 12. But they won't tell you about all the things, they, all the wild oats they've sowed in the flesh that, that screams that they've never been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You can't tell me that God, uh, the God of heaven reached down and saved your wretched soul and filled you with his spirit, spirit only for you to continue in the same slop of sin that he called you out of. Now, I'm not saying or preaching sinless perfection. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. A Christian can be saved and sin and mess up and get it back under the blood and keep going for God. I'm not saying that you'll live a spotless life. But I am saying there'll be a change of attitude. There'll be a change of heart. There'll be a change of direction. And you will get off course from time to time, no doubt. But there's going to be a big difference. And his name is Jesus. And, and what he does is he changes your want to. All of a sudden, the things you used to want to do, you really don't want to do them anymore. Amen. All of a sudden, the things you could enjoy in the flesh, now it grieves your spirit when you participate in them because there's a God inside of you sounding the alarm and saying, you're not supposed to live like that. You're not supposed to do like that. And so many religious people today uh, ignore the fact that their sins are too great, uh, amen, for God to ignore, and they try to promote their good deeds, and they try to convince people including themselves that they're in a rightful position with God. And God's dialing your number, telling you that you need to be born again. The Bible says you must be born again. Now, I, I didn't ask you if you was a member of a church, and I didn't ask you, uh, amen, uh, if you attend Sunday school regularly. I, I'm not asking you what you've done for your church this week or your whole life even. I want to know one thing, and God wants to know one thing. Are you born again? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Because if you keep trying to do it your way, you will suffer spiritual shipwreck for eternity. There is a place called hell that those, will, uh, those who die without Christ will go to until the great white throne judgment. And then they'll be facing a holy God... Uh, and not for another chance to get it right, but just for God uh, to set the record before everyone that they were found guilty and that God was just. And then all of hell and death will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. And God wants me to tell you today that you can unload your heavy burdens. You don't have to try. You need to trust. And there's a big difference. You see, you need to unload your burdens not just for survival's sake, but you need to unload it for closure's sake. To unload, un unlaid also means to lay down a load or to discharge. This could represent finishing a journey or a season where heavy weights have been carried, but it's time to offload those burdens.
Let me put it to you this way. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. And if you can get your sin behind God, then you can get past your past. Did you catch that? If you can get your sins behind God, then you, sir, you, ma'am, can get past your past. And if you don't need, if you don't come to God for any other reason, you need to come to bring closure to a past that will torment you forever if you don't get it under the blood. You can be delivered from both the sin and its consequences. And you can be given power to become the Son of God and power to repent of your sin. Uh, The day I got saved, I was worried about whether or not uh, I could quit my sinning when I called on God. Uh, I have since learned uh, that that's not my concern. Uh, The point is I can't quit sinning without Him. That's the whole reason that He came to the cross uh, was to give me the power through the Holy Spirit to become an overcomer in this world and now I'm washed in the blood of Jesus and I believe that the Bible teaches that his blood is so powerful and his blood is so pure that once you're saved in the eyes of God positionally you are always cleansed because you're forgiven for past present and future sins and it's not that we don't confess our sins when we mess up we do But let me tell you something. uh, You can choose to go your own route or you can choose to go through faith in Jesus. Let me ask you something. If you can't save yourself before you're saved, what makes you think you can keep yourself saved afterward? Well, God saves us, but it's up to us to keep it. That's heresy. That's false doctrine. Because we've never been good enough and until redemption is complete... That is, till you get your glorified body, you will always have to fight that old sin nature in your body. Let me ask you something. How are you going to make it to heaven on your good works if God has already said it's not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saves us? You need some closure. You need to get that past behind you. And the good news is, if you'll get it under the blood, God will put it in his sea of forgetfulness, and you don't have to live in his condemnation and guilt any longer. You can have a fresh start with Jesus today. Not only do you need closure, but you need to find rest. Jesus said it again, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The word rest, uh, uh, it literally means uh, essentially to reverse to a position of laying down for rest. Let me ask you something. Oh, glory to God. This is going to be fun. All right, now... Brother Chris, here's a busy uh, business, man of business. Brother Chris, let's assume you hire me for work tomorrow. And you give me an assignment, and I need to go work for you. And while uh, everybody else is at work, I lay down. And I say, hey, Chris, don't worry about it. The work's already done. Let me ask you all a question. Would that work with Chris? Would he ever pay me a dime? Well, let me tell you what God did. God did such a thorough job on the cross to wash your sins away that it is as if you can lay down and rest and never worry about the fight of sin against your soul again. It is done, honey. Bought, paid for, cleansed, washed, headed for heaven, as good as for heaven as if I, as if I was already there. I can rest. 
as it relates to my salvation. Now, that doesn't mean I become a lazy Christian and never lift a finger to do something for God. But again, the difference now is I'm not working to be saved. I'm working because I'm saved. And how can I not serve such a wonderful Savior who's done so much for me? I can lay it down at the foot of the cross and walk away from it and say that sin is taken care of both now and forever. Isn't that wonderful? And I'll go so far as to say this, if the blood of Jesus ain't powerful enough to save you, then there's nothing powerful enough to save you. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCottle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at GaryCottle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.